Welcome to Uncaged. Uncaged. A show celebrating thought leadership from today's top business leaders. The program provides a voice to amazing executives from around the globe who are shaping the world of business today and mapping the path to the world of commerce tomorrow. And now, please welcome our host, Bant Breen, as we begin another Uncaged episode. Today, we're speaking with Shuchi Sarkar. Hey, Shuchi, how are you? Hi. It's great Thank to have you. you on the show, Shuchi. Shuchi is a real innovator and working on some really cool stuff. She is the CMO of Creo. Creo is an ingredient company that produces rare and novel cannabinoids using the age-old natural process of fermentation coupled with cutting-edge technological innovation. I'm really interested in learning more about Creo, but before we get there, Shuchi, tell us a little bit about yourself and your career today. Sure. Um, so basically, I'm um, brought up in uh, India band. That's where I was born, started working there. I've kind of worked in mostly technology space mm-hmm. before that. So, you know, worked with Motorola, worked with Compaq, with um, HP, but actually started my career in advertising in Ogilvy. Um, I worked with, um, you know, all over the world in Asia, specifically in Singapore. I've worked done a brief stint in Europe and then been basically in the U.S. for the last nine years in different roles in the Americas, worldwide and uh, global. Um, And like you mentioned, um, you know, I'm currently the chief marketing officer of Creo. um, And um, this is a, a biotech company, and it was a major career switch that I made last year Uh, from a large company to almost a startup, uh, from tech to biotech. And it's been a very, very Wow. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, those are big changes. And, you know, I spent some time in my career at Ogilvy as well as also at Ogilvy in Asia. And, um, you know, obviously those are some great, great companies. Ogilvy in India uh, was, I don't know if you were at Ogilvy in India, but they are a spectacular, spectacular agency. So you learned learned from the best. So tell me more about what Creo is doing. I'm very fascinated to learn more about the cannabinoid space. I mean, certainly we know some of the basic cannabinoids that seem to be driving all of the major products, but I'm just curious how you guys are approaching the market. Sure. So, um, you know, um, when people think of, um, you know, the plant, the cannabis plant, they kind of think about, you know, THC or CBD. Those are the two most popular cannabinoids today. But actually what people do not realize is that the cannabis plant has about 100 different cannabinoids. And in the plant, they're found in minor quantity. So therefore, they're often referred to as minor cannabinoids. And some of the more popular ones that are becoming uh, mainstream now are CBG, CBGA, THC, CBN, sorry, not THC, uh, CBG, CBGA, uh, CBN, CBC, um, uh, and some of the others. And so, what we're doing is really, um, you know, looking at 
these other cannabinoids like CBG and CBGA, those are our first products that we are just launching. And mm -hmm. while traditionally the cannabinoids have come from the plant, uh, our process is really aimed at using fermentation to supplement what you get from the plant. So, you know, because like I said, in the plant, they're in minor quantities and because the plant requires a lot of water, electricity, land, it's not really um, sustainable or even scalable. Whereas through the fermentation process, it's a bit more um, uh, sustainable, it's more, um, scalable, what you get is a more consistent and pure product, which as you get into uh, selling products to more of the, you know, consumer products group, that's what they want um, in the industry. So um, that's really what we do. Yeah, that's um, really interesting. I mean, what kind of, how does that manifest itself into products? Yeah, so uh, for example, let's take the case of CBG. Um, you know, that's popularly known as the skin cannabinoid. And that's because it has very high moisturizing properties. Mm -hmm. So, you know, talk about lotions or body washes or even hair products or a hand sanitizer or anything else that would require moisturizing properties would probably use CBG as an active ingredient, just the way that you use, you know, a vitamin E or you use a retinol or you use any of these uh, other products. And, um, you know, it also has a lot of um, anti-plaque properties. That's, that's what primary research indicates. So you'll start, you know, you'll start seeing it in many oral care products. Mm -hmm. And similarly, all of these other cannabinoids have um, this primary research to indicate, you know, what their main benefits could be. And right. so you see themselves manifesting as active ingredients in different consumer products. I get it. That's really interesting. And uh, certainly sounds like Creo is truly a, a pioneer in, in really exploring the broader collection of cannabinoids. But tell me more about, I mean, we're seeing obviously the market, especially in the U.S. and certainly some markets around the world, but the U.S., really starting to open itself up to cannabinoids um, and some I'd say the larger ones like the THC products. But tell me more about how cannabinoids are expanding in the U.S. and what does the market look like today? Yeah. So, you know, if you put aside the THC market, which is different, yeah. see, I'm, I'm coming more from a consumer's product side, you'd see a lot of uh, products that are already on the shelf, whether you look at a CVS or a Sephora or any of the other retailers which contain CBD, right? Mm -hmm. And um, whether it's from gummy bears and food products to, you know, uh, lotions and creams and all kinds of different, even chocolates and things which today have CBD in it. Mm -hmm. I think over the course of the next couple of years and to and really, to be honest, CBD has become pretty mainstream to that yeah. extent, as you find it in big retailers. As you as you look at, I the mean, even in markets where it's uh, you know the whole kind of cannabis thing has not been fully vetted through a legal perspective. Um, I mean, even in Europe, you see see stores that sell a variety of CBD products. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. I think that they're becoming much more common uh, across the world. You know, there's a lot. I mean, it all started with, you know, when somebody helped cure epilepsy. Mm -hmm. um, 
And that's where CBD really took off. And then it's kind of got a life of its own. As you see with some of the other cannabinoids, you'll see them starting to become more mainstream. There mm -hmm. are already products with uh, CBG that are available. Um, you know, you see them in online, you sometimes see them in stores. I think over the next couple of years, really CBG is going to be the next, so to say, CBD. And then there are the others which have also niche applications that are starting to become very popular, whether it's a CBN or a CBC. So I really feel, and, and going back to the consumers, okay, um, the consumer today is constantly looking for new products. And more importantly, I think the world has shifted a little bit to looking for products that are good for me mm -hmm. and that have actual benefits. And since there is starting to become research that shows the different benefits. And, and there's a lot more research, a lot more things around the efficacy of these products and stuff that will continue to drive uh, the momentum. But I think already there's a very strong base to show how can, they can help in everyday applications. Like I said, you know, whether it's moisturizing, Moisture. some of them are aimed towards weight loss because they kind of suppress your appetite, some help with sleep, some help with pain management, uh, some make the cannabinoids more active in terms of the effects. So they're used in conjunction with other cannabinoids. So there are these specific researches, whereas on the other hand, from a medical perspective, there is all a lot of the medical research that is happening, which is, um, uh, you know, uh, a look at uh, uh, how these products can help in things like Alzheimer's or ALS or neuropathic pain and things like that. So right. I feel, um, and because they're clean and because they're more sustainable, um, that's also very big requirement with the consumer. Yeah. And so you will see over the next, uh, at least this is my personal hypothesis, is that just the way, you know, 10 years back or 20 years back, you heard of, you know, sometimes it is the retinol or the turmeric or this or that or aloe vera or whatever. Mm -hmm. I feel that this will be a very big ingredient and not only maybe with personal care and beauty to start with, but then there is food and there is beverages and there is, you know, oral care, like I spoke spoke about, then there is, you know, um, the entire market of, you know, uh, pain management and sleep and all of that. And then even things like, you know, weight loss and things in the future. So I think um, a really varied set of applications. Yeah, I can see, I can it. see all of the different products uh, that you can be uh, considering here. I also, I guess, perhaps as a as a former marketer and advertiser myself, I'm excited by the marketing opportunity and challenge here, right? I mean, it's a, it's a real ingredient marketing uh, challenge to differentiate all these different acronyms in the minds of the customers, right? Absolutely. I think that you know, to be honest, today, there's nothing left as B2B, even though we are going to sell to other companies, which will create products, which they in turn will sell. I feel that it's all about B2B to C. So mm -hmm. when we do our marketing, for me, we kind of keep the end consumer in mind. And what do they desire? So that 
we are bringing solutions and being an enabler for our customers to create products that their consumers will want. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, apart from that, there's a lot of education to be done. This is a new yeah. category. And, you know, given the um, the whole stigma with cannabis, you are trying to also deal with that. And, you know, uh, in places because, you know, the cannabis category kind of has a mixed thing. Some people love it. And then there is this whole stigmatization that exists as well. So you're trying to overcome that and trying to differentiate yourself really as an ingredient rather right. than to be associated with only cannabis and, and educating the customer on what actually these products can do. And the customer being not only the um, you know, CPG companies, the beauty care or the food companies that you would eventually sell to, but also the end consumer. Because once the end consumer has awareness and asks for these products, the brands themselves will follow. Right. Yeah. No, so, I, I, I completely see that. I do see, and I think of obviously all the successful technology businesses that were ingredient brands like an Intel. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what you can learn from there, but it's certainly a, a wonderful challenge. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, you know, having drawn from my tech experience and having worked in the way that Intel truly differentiated itself, you know, once trying to not only do the education, but create that creo difference uh, that makes your preferred brand amongst your own customers and, and the end consumers as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, let me change gears a little bit, Shuchi. And sure. uh, I know that you have just uh, recently arrived back uh, home from a trip to see loved ones in India. And this the last couple of uh, months, I'd say the last 18 months have been kind of a challenging time for all of us as we've balanced out trying to stay connected with families, hoping that families are staying safe and well, whilst also managing businesses and, and teams throughout this whole process. And I'd just be curious uh, how Creo approached the whole pandemic period and, and some opportunities and challenges that you guys have, have tackled. Sure. So it was very interesting because, you know, we were in stealth mode the last year. So we tip, we actually launched the company in COVID. Wow. September 2020. So, you know, it was very um, interesting because I joined in January 2020 and COVID kind of hit you in March. So, you know, um, hiring um, the agencies, the team, the building the brand, you know, um, working on everything, whether it was from the naming to the brand identity to the launch plans and everything was all virtual. I never, you know, I hired people on over Zoom. We worked mm-hmm. with agencies over Zoom. You never had the time as a team to also come together physically because, you know, travel was not happening after March last year. So it was it was different because um, everything was virtual. You hadn't met the people. And sometimes, you know, there's a certain chemistry. Right. There's something about getting into one room together and working on a strategy, uh, which is important as well, especially for a new company. Now, having Absolutely. to replicate all that virtually over, you know, whether it's Google Meets or Zoom or whatever, you know, looking at creative ideas totally um, virtually, I think um, was, uh, was an interesting experience. Um, But um, I think the 
having said that, uh, there were ways that it made it easier too, um, mm -hmm. because we are a very split team, and so our our you know partners all over. And the fact that we had this way of working virtually, we came up with you know better solutions on how to uh, work together, how to make you know meetings more productive, how to get work which ordinarily you would have done together in a room, um, you know virtually. And I think given the fact that we were virtual, it was much more real time. You could include yeah. people um, and it was, I feel also faster at times, you know, rather than having to manage huge amount of calendars and things like that. So um, I think there were opportunities. Of course, the downside was that, you know, you never met the people physically and yeah. therefore that human uh, interaction that sometimes is very uh, important um, was not there. But I think we kind of compensated it by, you know, doing things in a fun manner, learning about each other, yeah. having all those informal interactions that built that team spirit, even if it was virtually. And I think the bigger challenges were, you know, in terms of timelines, you know, with labs not working, people working on 50% staff levels, how to meet all your deadlines, you know, the media behavior changed, as you yeah. know. So, and in our thing, at the launch of a company and the launch of a category, you know, PR is really important. And with all the whole media world changing and the way that they work and interact as well, it was interesting learning some of these new techniques. And, yeah. and how do you, in a world that was already so screen driven and so much content that was online, how do you drive your own content that stands out from, um, from the millions of other pieces that your customers are consuming, uh, I think has, has another different challenge and you know, brings out the more, um, uh, more um, storytelling and other abilities as in you as, um, as a marketer. So I think it's been a fun, fun, it's been fun in one ways in discovering new skills, new ways and innovations. But of course, you know, nobody can say COVID has been 100% a great thing. I think. Yeah, um, no, I, mean, I, I think it's uh, it's a really unique story that you have in the in the context of launching a company, a brand, it, you know, really during the pandemic and then then exploring how you build that culture in almost like a new way, uh, whilst also trying to innovate. You know, a lot of people that that I've spoken to often talk about how innovation was a challenge for them. But I find something. I think that your experience was similar to to mine with innovation, which is certainly the old way of how I would approach innovation, which is very much of trained in a way of putting people in a room, almost locking people in a room and, and kind of uh, leading these kind of brainstorming exercises to really spur people forward. Um, we found replacements. And I think that one of the nice things about the, the virtual work was that there was almost a, you know, when the day ended, that separation from the team almost actually allowed me to reflect on some of the ideas in a in a different way. Um, and, and so you're absolutely right. I, we've definitely lost something, but we've gained something new as well, right? Is that is, is that fair? Yeah, I totally agree. I think, you know, uh, things are much more faster, they're more nimbler. You can, 
get more people involved because you know it's not so much of travel and stuff like that um you know like you said you discover newer ways of doing things um you're testing and sometimes you fall into a rut and so something like this shakes you up and shakes up all your thinking and creative abilities on how to do these things better and i think as a marketer i've really treasured that and you know um looked at the lessons i've learned in the past in various ways because you know for me i've had a virtual team in hp for years on end i mean i literally one person in palo alto in my office and 99% of my team was spread from you know china and singapore and india and you know all of europe and barcelona and israel to you know atlanta and you know san diego and palo alto so i was already used to such a virtual world yeah. there were people that you had history with and at least once in a while you met them and you know you could still do some of the traditional things but this was unique but um, i think um, i've spoken about it it was very yeah. enjoyable in some ways. Absolutely. Well, listen, let's talk a little bit about Creo and and how you're seeing things progressing over the next year, couple two years. Uh, you know, what are the big trends that you're seeing in the market and and maybe some of the exciting things that we'll see from Creo? Yeah, I think that um for us um the important thing is um basically um you know educating the customer about this category and building the creo difference so you kind of doing two things a category education job and then a brand building job and wow. um and our you know we look forward to commercially launching our own cbg and cbga but then very quickly you know really reaching our potential as an ingredient platform and bringing more newer and different products which will allow our customers to innovate you know we don't only want to be um selling the product you're trying to evolve to becoming a more solution oriented organization and that will mean a lot of other things that we have to get together in a short period of time as we decide to you know really reach the full potential uh, of this market um so i and and also um you know just find different and interesting ways to engage our customers yeah. um to basically um you know build their um not only faith but work with them to create new and innovative products that we can bring to consumers in the marketplace and actually create what i call you know uh, pocs proof of concept right. and this is what this product is and this is what it can actually do and uh, and really um, capture the full potential of these cannabinoids right from helping treat um you know different health issues to everyday applications like i said you know you don't want to be you want to make sure you're doing it respectfully within the fda rules and all of that so therefore leveraging research and trends and what's out there and tying that up with what these parks can do in a manner that is credible that has research to back it all of those are things that we will need to accomplish in the next uh, period you know also um, really getting um you know the influencers and industry advocates behind you so that they can you know 
people today don't only want to listen from you. They want yeah. to listen from people they respect. They want to listen from other customers. They want to listen with people who they who they kind of respect. And so all of that will be some of the more important things um, that we do and really building a business from scratch. Yeah. Well, I mean, clearly a lot to do, but I mean, what an amazing opportunity. And it really it really seems that the market is moving in the direction of what Creo is building. There's such a, an interest in, in exploring uh, the broader cannabinoid marketplace as well as what you can be doing there. So congratulations on, on getting Creo going. Um, if someone wanted to learn more about what you're working on, where, where should they find you? Yeah, sure. Um, they can either go to our website, which is, you know, creoingredients.com, or they can follow us on LinkedIn at um, uh, Creo and um, on Instagram or Facebook as well. Um, and, you know, on our website, you'll find um, there's not only the Creo brand story, but we have a lot of educational articles, scientific studies that actually talk about what these cannabinoids can do. And the idea was really to create an education hub that our customers and potentially anybody could leverage and learn a bit more. Yeah, I mean, it's an exciting time and congratulations with everything you guys have done with Creo so far. We've been speaking with Chuchi Sarka. She is the chief marketing officer at Creo, an ingredient company that produces rare and novel cannabinoids using the age-old natural process of fermentation coupled with cutting-edge technological innovation. She tells me that CBG is the next big cannabinoid. So I'm excited to learn more about that. And thank you so much for being on Uncage today, Shuchi. We look forward to having you back in the future. Thank you, Ben. Thank you very much for having me. I loved our conversation. So thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.